my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Tyler Grant. Always a great time talking to Tyler. Uh, we, we covered quite a bit. We talked about uh, monkeypox uh, fear-mongering. We talked about Joe Biden threatening war with uh, another nuclear power, this time China. Uh, we talked about the latest economic news, and uh, we, we also talked about shooting guns and gardening and uh, beekeeping, of all things. It was, it was a wide-ranging conversation. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before we get to Ty, if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an iTunes user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Tyler Grant. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Tyler Grant. Ty, how you been, man? Good. Busy, busy, but good. How was the fishing trip? Fishing trip was good. Froze my balls off and uh, sat through some crazy wind all weekend, but caught some fish. So, you know, can't argue with that. They all tasted good. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not too stoked to get back to reality, though. When I, I mean, I, we have no our, – our fishing cabin is up in the UP. It's, like, you know, super far north in the middle of absolutely nowhere with no cell signal. So it's like – Driving home on Sunday, I'm always like, "Oh boy, what, what, what did I miss? Let's see what see what I missed the last few days." And um, well, first thing the first thing I missed was Joe Biden threatened uh, threatened war with China yesterday. So I mean, the threat of nuclear war in Europe just isn't enough for these people. So apparently, we're threatening war uh, with China if they take Taiwan. Um, ah, your thoughts, Ty? I mean, I mean, obviously, you follow uh, everything going on in China pretty closely. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, my first thought was, you know, Hunter Biden must have divested all of his Chinese assets and resources for Biden to make that kind of call. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like the big guy is not is no longer beholden to the financial whims of the Chinese, which I guess on the one hand is good, but on the second hand, I I'm uh, I'm old enough to remember where all of these bureaucrats in Washington, these these uh, foreign policy experts, came out of the woodwork. To go on TV, to go on NBC, MSNBC, all the all the morning talk shows, to lament about the fact that President Trump took a phone call from the president of Taiwan congratulating him on winning the election and how that was such a breach of, quote unquote, foreign policy norms that it was going to set us back into the stone age of American foreign policy and that we'd probably be in war with the Chinese within the hour and all of these things for accepting the phone call. And now we have Joe Biden openly saying that we are going to go to the mat to defend Taiwan if the, if the Chinese invade is is uh, is quite is quite astounding, especially since Joe Biden has gone back and forth over the past 40 years over the one China policy where there is one China and Taiwan is a part of China. But uh, but, you know, good for Joe to, to finally make a stand in his last little hurrah as president. <sighs> The press can't they, they the press didn't come out and like support this comment because they just can't quite yet because they'd look like 
sociopaths. Um, but they also don't, you know, they, they can't, they cannot bring themselves to actually criticize anything Biden does. So, like, the, the coverage of, of this comment was hilarious. Uh, I saw this morning, uh, Sir Michael Singleton tweeted, and I just thought this was the funniest thing in the world, man. He <laughs> he suggested that Biden uh, needs to be more judicious with some of his remarks. That was the quote. Biden needs to be more judicious with some of his remarks. Uh, man, I, I look, look, man. I, I, I'm not convinced that it's the ju- the judiciousness of the president's remarks. Uh, like, uh, can we? It's mind-boggling to me. I, I don't understand why there's some folks out there still who are like pretending that the president doesn't have late-stage Alzheimer's. I'm like, you, can we? Can, can we be serious? Can we have a serious conversation here? I mean, can you imagine what the Democratic phone calls were last night and this morning as they're fielding this? They're like, hey, guys, like, uh, did our did our policy about China change? Are we are, <laughs> are we hawkish on China now? Like, you know, you have all these guys that are like, I, I don't know my I don't know my position. Like Eric Falwell, he's calling Fang Fang being like, hey, <laughs> hey, babe, like we're going to finally be able to be together. You know, I mean, it's just it's just it's crazy. Like, I, I just can't even imagine what some of those phone calls are. And then, you know, you got your actual you know, the actual Democrat adults in the room, they're like, no, 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 our, our position is always the same. We are 100% beholden to China. Let's, <laughs> let's put that talker back out there, guys. Like, we are yeah. not, our Disney dollars have got to come through from the Chinese. So, no, everyone hold the line. Yeah, I mean, is anybody more pissed than, like, the NBA? <laughs> like, oh, man. Did you see that number? That how, how much of NBA owners have invested in China? It's It's astounding. It was some crazy number that I saw last week from some, uh, you know, watchdog report about how much they that they had invested. And it. it's terrifying. It's it's what you and I have talked about on the show many times is that the amount of American companies, and corporations and individuals that are so invested in the Chinese success relative to ours that it's almost borderline on American where their interests are directly in conflict with us and our values. Yet they are the decision makers when it comes to business. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising, and it's also brilliant by the the Chinese. I mean, they 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 really figured out um, how to elevate themselves by you know convincing the West to to invest vast amounts of wealth in their economy. And I just as I'm driving home yesterday, and I'm catching up on everything going on. It's like we are, we are looking at a complete lack of seriousness on any level in government. I'm like these people are compl- uh, they're it's like children. Like we're being governed and ruled by children. Adam Kinzinger, the ridiculous, crazy person from Illinois, um, he was he was on Twitter over the weekend mocking Russia's foreign minister. He was laughing and he was, tw- he was tweeting how he was celebrating the deaths of the 27,000 Russian soldiers who have died in Ukraine. I mean, of course, just a side note here, most of those soldiers were conscripted. Uh, Russia does not have a voluntary military. So, I mean, these, these boys being killed in Ukraine, they don't want to be there. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's... There's a lot of Russian widows uh, for for absolutely no reason. I don't know why we'd be celebrating that. Um, but man, for the life of me, I I don't know what turns a man into the kind of person who would mock a diplomat on Twitter, laughing about the deaths of tens of thousands of people, or talk trash just out of the blue for no reason, just start talking trash to a nuclear power. I mean, it's like these people they're they're completely unhinged. They're this is sociopathic behavior. I mean, if you if I don't know if you speak about life and death this this flippantly. I, I have to assume you're a sociopath, and they're just they're so confident that there'll be no consequences to their actions. It's like you're talking about nuclear war. Like, can we have can can some adult stand up, please? Like, can we at least speak in a serious fashion about 
the potential nuclear war in, now in Asia and Europe. It's like I, I don't know how these people, they're, they're so far removed from any kind of responsibility for their words and actions. They, it's like they're playing a video game or something. Like this is life and death, man. I mean, we're talking about nuclear warheads here. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's, it would seem. I mean, Adam Kinzinger is a, he's uh, he's not running for re-election, right? No, he uh, the Democrats gerrymandered his district out of existence. Oh, you hate to see it. You just yeah. hate to see it. Uh, yeah, no. So he's uh, I mean, he's clearly like in process for doing a, a soft application to MSNBC to be the quote unquote Republican talking head or. I mean, maybe he's just trying to get on the board of like Lockheed Martin or, or Raytheon or something. Yeah. I don't know. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, people, the people that go out and they like they have no experience in any of this. They have no idea what the what the actual on the ground is like CNN used to do a pretty good job of like on the ground reporting of what was going on in these in these foreign countries and wars that were going on, the actual human cost of war. And that just that's just so lost on the American media now. Like, you know, you'll have some of these guys the fly over the stand on the border of like Ukraine and like, you know, some other European country, not Russia. And they'll be like, Oh God, I'm on the front lines. It's like, yeah, stop, stop. There was, there was like a Fox news reporter that, that died. And another one that was, that was injured. And those guys were embedded with troops actually reporting from the front lines. Everybody else, you know, stop the guy in DC that's commenting on the war. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no chance of being conscripted to go fight. And if nuclear war happens, like because you guys are chirping and causing, you know, Vladimir Putin to lose his brain, like that's that's a problem. And I, you know, guys like Adam Kinzinger, they have no they have no idea what's actually going on in the world. Zero. I mean, what is it? You know, when when Joe Biden's talking about starting war with China, Adam Kinzinger, people like that, Liz Cheney, people like that saying these horrific things. I mean, it's like, what is (laughs) you know, it would be interesting to, to see what foreigners think and you know like foreign governments think about our government we probably look insane I mean, it's like these people are just, <laughs> they're just casually talking about nuclear war i mean they, they probably think we're a bunch of like psychopathic cowboys over here you know what i mean it's like there's just complete lack of understanding of the gravity of these comments i mean it's yeah. like i don't know it's like they think that they can just tweet and talk like the president of the united states can just alzheimer's it up on national television and just they'll be Absolutely no consequences to those words. It's like, but if you're the president, even if you're just a congressman, what you say matters. What you say matters to other governments, to your counterparts in, in adversarial nations. Like, by goodness, they're probably looking at our government like, man, these people are nuts. Like, you never know what these people are going to do. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you remember, like, we, we spent four years listening ad nauseum about how Donald Trump was like turning his back on all of our allies and blah, 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 blah. And like we weren't like, you know, remember when uh, when he was asking NATO to pay, pay their fair share and it was like, hey, everybody pay their fair share. You know, this it's kind of crazy that we're kind of bankrolling defense for all of you people. You guys have money pay up, you know, and it was like, oh, my God, we're turning our back on our allies. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> you know? Like, I just can't believe I cannot believe that, you know, we we would ask, you know, other countries to pay money to defend them, you know, like that's crazy. Um, and now, you know, which, which is amazing too. When you think about it, like the media reporters that live in Washington, DC, that just mooch off of every rich person that they're around, yeah. you know, it, it makes total and complete sense. They're like, I, Oh my God. I mean, you know, this guy that works at like a bank down the street that he's asking me to actually pay for drinks now and pay for a round, you know? Um, but anyways, it makes total sense in, in light of that. But, you know, now we've got Joe Biden, who's putting us in a position and, you know, 
be uh, at open war with Russia. And we're just we're supposed to be like, hey, you know, hey, it's all good. And and I also love, you know, with the other team, you kind of expect that kind of nonsense. You know, the 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 Joe Biden's of the world, Joe Biden, like uh, whatever that general was that said Joe Biden's been wrong on every foreign policy decision in his entire career. And it's totally true. But, you know, when you have Republicans that join sides with those people and and you just kind of have to wonder, like, what what is the end game, really? Like you're you're aiding and abetting people whose values are so dissimilar to yours that you are going to bring around. This is what we talked about last time. You're going to bring around a world that is not anything like what you resemble. But you're, you're trying to pull the whole like there's only one, you know, the, the one true Scotsman principle. And it's just it's just gross. Like. Liz Cheney does it and Adam Kinzinger does it and some of these other people do it. And you're like, dude, you're not only do you just look stupid, but if what you say comes to pass, it everybody's going to be worse off for it because you'll put in power people whose views are so the antithesis of our values. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I think with Kinzinger and Liz Cheney and, you know, people like Bill Crystal and folks like that, too, it's like I think I don't think they ever shared like any kind of conservative or Republican values at least not not many of them if any you know um i mean you can see that with, like with the the uh, abortion stuff now they're all like super pro abortion <laughs> you know so it's like okay you never actually held any of those beliefs but um I, I think they just love war so much they just love death they're just like s- deeply sick deranged sociopathic people um and they're they'll support whoever party is the war party i mean whatever party is is more hawkish whoever wants to send boots on the ground wants to kill more brown people and all that stuff they're just going to support whoever the war party happens to be. And now Republicans, you know, are, are pretty much anti-war. Um, not the politicians, but, you know, the Republican voters, by and large, are anti-war. Um, so all these people just, you know, I don't know. The, the neocons did come from the Democratic Party, you know, in the 60s and 70s. They were Democrats. So uh, from from the Democratic Party, they, they came, and to the Democratic Party, they have returned, apparently. Oh, yeah. I mean, my one of my favorite moments of, like, the past two weeks is when— uh... When Bill Crystal released his little silly statement about the, the I mean, we didn't even talk about the Roe v. Wade opinion, or, you know, release. But uh, I mean, when he released his little statement about it, it was like, oh, oh, good. You're pro-choice. We didn't see that coming. You've, uh, you spent your entire career being a quote unquote conservative. And now you're going to say that if Roe v. Wade is overturned and established it back to the states, which is, you know, one of the most fundamental conservative principles that's, you know, state rights versus you know federalism. Oh, good. It's it, good to see that you've uh, shown your two true colors. But, you know, I'm sure I'm sure that guy hasn't met like a cocktail party he didn't want to get invited to. So, you know, the fact that he's just doing whatever he can to stay in that sweet spot of like the D.C. media elite. It's it's crazy. And that guy should not be. I mean, he should be run out of conservative circles. I mean, I think he has been overwhelming. He's, he's down to what? Just like the bulwark. Like, come on. Who do you know a conservative that reads the bulwark? No, I've never. No, I mean, I think, like, their subscribers are just, like, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know. It, it, they just, like, get hate hate subscribers. You know, just people that hate the GOP and, you know, they they like pretending, like, the bulwark is somewhat conservative or whatever. It's weird. And, yeah, it, it sucks, too. It sucks, too, because the bulwark, that name is, like, a great name for, a pub, like, a conservative publication. It's just they're, like, the worst people in the world, and it's absolute trash. But, like, man, they, they really took a, a great name. I was like, man, I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It'll, yeah, I mean, you'll be able to have it if you want in a couple of years. There, there's no way to exist. No. In like two or three years. I mean, it's one of those like dark money, dark money groups that funds it anyways, and they'll just like once it's gone, maybe. I mean, 
those people ran the weekly standard into the ground. It's the same people back with the same thing. This is just now an online iteration. So it'll 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 flutter out. It doesn't have like sophisticated writers or anybody that you know you know or care about. So it'll no. be gone. Enough. Yeah, They're not sophisticated writers, no real deep thinkers there, and no audience. There's really no audience. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I truly don't understand what the audience is. You know, but yeah. uh, so look, our government is trying to make a uh, monkeypox a thing. Um, the press and the Democrats are trying to make monkeypox a thing. Uh, apparently, one, monkeypox is real, and uh, two, uh, Joe Biden said on Saturday, it's quote something everyone should be concerned about unquote. Are you concerned about uh the old uh the old monkeypox? I'm not yet, but it you know I, I think that sort of what we were talking about earlier, like the thing that's scary about what has happened with our you know institutions that were formerly like institutions that he trusted, like the CDC. Uh, you know, health sort of organizations used to be sort of an apolitical apparatus. And now it's hard not to view everybody as a political apparatus. And when you think about COVID is basically over, I mean, you have some people that are trying to make it make it a thing and make it s- stick around longer. But I mean, you know, it, it's hard to take it seriously. If, if somebody comes out and gives some scientific proof that this is going to be a big thing and it's something that we should be concerned and take measures to protect against. Sure. Take a look then. But at this point, these people have made every moment political and it's hard not to view this as another, Oh gosh, like maybe we should stay at home. Maybe we should, you know, pay more attention to the Biden administration. Maybe we should try to really see what, you know, how, how he's lead. Oh gosh, he's showing such leadership and poise and in light of monkeypox. I, you know, it's hard, it's hard to buy that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, a pandemic won the Democrats the last election. Um, so obviously they were going to try. I mean, the worst thing that can happen to this country is the Democratic Party learning that something worked <laughs> because that means they're going to do it incessantly until, uh, you know, they just destroy everything. Um, but, you know, they're trying to get the band back together, cook up another pandemic. Um, I, I, I surely do hope people just ignore them this time around. I, I hope they've learned that the experts are, are full of it. But. Um, I, you know, I didn't really know much about monkeypox after a quick uh, Google search. It's not very contagious at all. It's very treatable. Um, and it spread, it's not airborne. It's not like COVID where just everybody's going to get it. It spreads through direct skin to skin contact. You literally have to touch like the oozing lesions on an infected person to get monkeypox. Like if you just don't make out with somebody who has like open sores oozing with pus all over their body, you're fine. So if we can just all agree to not do that, uh, I think we're going to be good. Yeah, so, I mean, just just as long as people in D.C. don't kiss each other, it's not yeah, going to spread. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I'm fine with just quarantining D.C. Just like, yeah. in, you know, it's like a leper colony at this point now anyway. So let's just seal them off, let them do their own thing, and then, you know, save us all from monkeypox. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, no, the uh, some of those people, they're, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we'll see. I, uh, I I definitely agree with the never let a Democrat know that a tactic worked because, man, they they have expired. I know many, many people that have lost their businesses and livelihoods based yeah. upon things that, um, you know, that were implemented. It, it's really funny, actually. Like, I, uh, there is a local person that I know that runs like a, a running shop. Um, and she is so just like huge lib, post about all this lib stuff. And and it, it's really funny because some of these people don't recognize, like, I know a guy that runs a running store outside of Washington and Virginia and lost, lost his business because they couldn't put on any events. And it's really funny, like, when you you can put, you know, you know funny, peculiar, not funny, haha, like, 
if you put them on the same plane and you look at it and you analyze what happened, the difference is the, the type of governor that was in office at the time. On the one hand, we had Ron DeSantis who said, you know, have at it. You know, if you want to do events, outdoor outdoor events, you know, please do outdoor events. We need people to get out. We need people to have things that like enrich their mind, enrich their body, all that kind of stuff, especially in light of a pandemic that was destroying people from, you know, depression, destroying people's bodies from not doing anything, not being out, not being active. Um, and on the one hand, her business, her business thrived and was successful in Ron DeSantis, but still espouses these like crazy beliefs as if Andrew Gillum wouldn't have destroyed her business had he been governor. Meanwhile, you know, you had uh, whatever that that the uh, Ralph Northam, the guy who couldn't decide if he was the KKK guy or the blackface guy who just destroyed Virginia and, and the you know, Virginians punished him for it. That guy lost his business and he is trying to, you know, raise capital to get it back because of what the measures that were taken in Virginia during COVID. And I, I just I worry that the Democrats saw such success with the with how willing some of the American people are to be locked down and told what to do to sign up for contract tracing and, and do different things that the government told them to do. I mean, I, I know for a fact there's many people that's like if they handed you know, if they boosted those people till they died, they'd they'd take a booster every six weeks until they died if it if it, you know, quite kept them like quote unquote safe. And there's sort of like a whole paradigm that we as American people have to look at that and say, this is kind of not who we are. Like the government is supposed to be a lot less than it is. And as the founding fathers saw this large yes that has become of our, you know, pseudo-scientific community, they would be horrified, especially in light of them knowing how much science evolves given, you know, a lot of like framework, a lot of criticism, a lot of people, you know, presenting new ideas, testing new theories, doing different experimentation. And, you know, the fact that some of these people are very subtly coming out saying, actually, lockdowns hurt us, actually, you know, whatever hurt us. I, I think it's, it's pretty terrifying in light of like what the actual truth of the matter is coming out about and actually what the public opinion and the, the kind of leftist mantra of what was, you know, quote unquote, successful in the pandemic is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I I'm a little surprised. I thought they would keep the uh, second pandemic bullet in the chamber until like, you know, 2024. Feels like they're, uh, I don't know, they're letting the cat out of the bag a little early. You know, like they must really be concerned about the midterms. I mean, well, I mean, with, the, with the midterms, too. I mean, well, I mean, I think that they're trying to think or at least they they, they think at least that the uh, the Roe v. Wade thing will be will carry them, um, which is kind of funny because no one, no one that's going to vote in the, in the in the midterms that wasn't already going to vote cares about abortion. Like, no, because most people, people care, most people do. don't get abortions. It's not something yeah. that's like on the weekly routine of the overwhelming majority of Americans. I know like that's, I mean, people are passionate about abortion and typically I, I, you see more passion on the right, you know, the, the pro-life community, um, if we're being honest, but yeah, it's, that was a bizarre move. They, they thought they could, if they scream about how abortion should be legal up to the point of birth, they can, they're going to win elections. It's like, okay. Like even if the democratic claims that the uh, a bare majority of Americans are pro-choice, which may or may not be true. I'm I'm not sure. I guess it depends who you ask. Um, but like the the stated position, like the official platform of the Democratic Party, is like taxpayer funded uh, abortion up to the point of birth. And that's I mean that that's a position held by like what 10 percent, 15 percent of Americans, if that. Um, so yeah, they just yeah. I, I that's that's mind boggling. And I mean, I mean, look, man, and that didn't work, so they're already on to monkeypox. Monkeypox. If they're reaching so far in Santa Claus's bag and came up with monkeypox already and Joe Biden's only been president for a year and a half. Yikes. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, circle back really quickly. Like today, Jacksonville, the um, they there's they're so obsessed with this issue that there is a councilman that Ron DeSantis signed into law a 15 week abortion ban, and you know it has a bunch of caveats like every abortion law in the United States of America, you know, health of the mother, all the all the different you know caveats. And uh, this guy has already published a thing for city council being like taxpayers will pay city council or city employees to travel out of state to get an abortion. That is that is what he has put uh, like put forward in front of city council for us to vote for. And uh, it's it's dude, it's it's crazy, man. I It's like this weird hyper minority, hyper vocal group of people that, that care about these like craziness but it just dude it spreads everything man and I, I look forward to where it gets just completely trounced in the midterms and all these democrats have to look at this, themselves in the mirror and be like is are we the same party as like the safe legal and rare democrats about abortion as the you know the barbara boxer up until you know up until birth abortion kind of people but well, we'll see man but yeah i mean the the dipping into the monkey pox thing i don't think that's gonna go very far no. so I, I i look forward to what insane craziness because they're going to start getting that that taste of oh no the red the red wave is is a little more pronounced than we expected and a lot of seats that were you know we weren't even considering vulnerable or are vulnerable and those people will do whatever it takes to cling to power so i have no idea what's coming but man we're going to see some craziness in september it's going to be absolute absolute craziness yeah, there's no more dangerous animal than a cornered Democrat. So <laughs> I think <laughs> these people, they, they fight to the bacon, man. They, they're going to they're go down swinging. I, I, I truly believe that. I mean, just monkeypox just reeks of desperation, though, doesn't it? I mean, that's oh, just yeah. like, it's so far. It's just so, it's too much. It's too on the nose. It's too, it's like, come on, what are we doing? In other news, J.P. Morgan Chase, let me transition here real quick. This probably explains the monkeypox, but they're predicting uh, $6 gas on average by August 1st. It's already above that in, like, New York and California, other places on the coasts. But, dude, I mean, the price of diesel is what's concerning me. Um, I mean, I can't imagine a better way to jack up prices on literally everything that Americans buy um, than $8 a gallon diesel. I mean, like, and, and once again, obviously, there's no serious proposals being made by the party in power. But, um, I mean, big trucking companies are warning. They're like, everything is going up. Like, stores are starting to warn. Everything's going up. If you bought something, a truck brought it there. And if they're paying 10 bucks a gallon for diesel, uh, I mean, that chicken you buy, that whatever, anything, any anything you buy was brought on a diesel truck. So I, I don't think in terms of, uh, you know, consumer prices, I don't think we've even scratched the surface yet. Oh, dude, my, my brother works in trucking logistics, and he, uh, oh, dude, the, the pain the pain is coming, it's here, and it's going to be forthcoming for a long time. These people have no idea. I mean, the Biden administration, didn't they, was that last week or two weeks ago that they cut all the domestic leases in Alaska and the and then uh, in the Gulf? Yep. Like, they, yeah. I, at what point, you know, every five minutes we were told that Donald Trump was the enemy of the American people, he was a Russian spy, stooge, whatever the hell they wanted to say. We now have a president who is actively working against the American people at every turn. And we're, we're supposed to believe that. I, hey, man, this is de- this is decency, man. This is no mean tweets. You know, like, you know, it, it's it's all good, man. Like, just be be comfortable that everything that you buy is now like twenty dollars more and is not keeping up with like your wages. 
But it, it's fine, though, because at least you feel like the quote unquote professionals are at the helm, man. That's going to help you as you go into poverty and you lose your savings and all of your like your retirement just dwindles to nothing or the value of it doesn't meet the value that you thought that you were going to have in this standard of living as a retired person in a career of like working really hard. Yeah. Just zapped in a cup, you know, a four year presidency. Hey, man, it's fine. Like at least feel good about the fact that, you know, Uncle Joe's got you, man. He's got you. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what you do if you're on a fixed income. You you're know. screwed. You're screwed. Your lifestyle, screwed. your lifestyle is just shot. Yeah. You just yeah. you better you better hope that you have some sort of like variable residual income that you can, you know, try to, I don't know, gin up your value of investments. But if you're, you know, the average retired person that's, you know, living off of Social Security and some, you know, some mild savings, you know, I you're you're hurting, and it, and it's it's reprehensible that these people. Just are playing like, you know, treating it as like Monopoly money. It's like, ah, you know, hey, we'll just print some more. Oh, gosh, like we're, we're just going to do these weird climate change proposals that screw over, you know, entire states of our country, entire, you know, economic spheres of our country. But hey, man, hey, just know that, like, we're making sure that the polar bear is going to be OK in 50 in 50 years or whatever, you know, like all these weird, like hyperbolic things like florida is going to be underwater in 15 years it's like okay al gore like you're wrong 20 years ago you're gonna be wrong 20 years from now but hey man like let's just make sure john Kerry can fly to iceland to lecture us you know but yeah Flor- know. florida will be fine in 20 years i i don't it might take 20 years to dig this economy out of the dust though i mean like and i talked about this on both episodes last week and i i just i don't know how we're going to forest gump our way out of this one. I truly don't. I mean, it's like, I think the jig is up and you know, I'm a libertarian, you know, I read all the Austrian economists, you know, Mises and, and Hayek and Rothbard and all these guys. And so I'm, I always think the economy is going to collapse because I always see through the house of cards that, that our currency is, is built on and our economy is built on. But it's like, and we keep like, even with like 07, 08, like it didn't get nearly as bad as it could have. And it, it never gets as bad as it could have. It's gonna. It's going to. I, I just don't understand. Like, obviously, we don't know what the true inflation rate is. They say eight and a half percent. I don't know if it's really fifteen percent or twenty percent or what. Um, the, the diesel crisis is really going to jack up consumer prices. I mean, I think it's going to be. I think people are going to get hurt a, a lot more than anybody is predicting. Even libertarians are predicting. And, and and just looking big picture. And I want your opinion on this, Ty. Like, I don't know how. Like in 1980, the Fed's fund. The, the the Fed funds rate was at 20% to combat the exact same levels of inflation we're seeing right now. The Fed raised the, the funds rate from 0.5 to 1% last week, and it tanked the stock market. I mean, like, to, to actually, the 30-year mortgage rate right now is at 5.5%. I mean, if we wanted to actually force people to stop taking out loans, cool off the economy, what we need to do, what we desperately need to do, we'd... Mortgage rates would have to be 18% like they were in 1980. The Fed funds rate would have to be 20% like it was in 1980. Those were the drastic measures necessary to bring inflation down 40 years ago. And, like, there's not only is there no political will to do things like that, it, it, it's not. It's not going to happen. Like, it's not possible. They would have to completely destroy the entire stock market and the real estate industry for, like, a couple years. They have to completely pull the floor out from under them. Or the other option is let inflation absolutely destroy the poor and middle class. 
So it's like, either way, well, the second is going to happen, not the, the first, because there is no political will to do it. But it's like, how is that avoided? Like, you can't, there's no bailout big enough. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, there's not, I, I don't see a way at $31, $32 trillion in debt that our government can forest gump us out of this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like, I think it's like a really complicated uh, multiple lever kind of approach with how we have to get this done. I mean, for housing, for example, I mean, we're, we're talking about it just completely boxing out anyone that actually wants to buy a house nowadays, um, you know, an, an individual buyer. I mean, that was already getting like wildly competitive with Wall Street, being able to buy up a ton of assets into their portfolios and securitizing them, which you know, it's, it's fine and, and helpful. I mean, a lot of people don't want to own a house for 30 years. It's like not really a, a valuable um, uh, financial instrument that people are doing. So like you have to figure out a way to make it affordable for like the average person. And if not, you're going to deal with the situation that a lot of cities in America are dealing with, especially Florida, where everyone is a renter. And because there's very so few players in the space that are owning all the assets, rents are are rising precipitously, which also makes sense because it's expensive to rent. People don't take care of the property. It's expensive to renovate anything because everything is expensive to renovate. All, all every good costs more money than it did, uh, you know, a year ago, which is expensive. So I think on the one hand, housing prices have already shown themselves to be cooling off because of inflation, which is, you know, which is good. I mean, it doesn't make sense that, you know, we were seeing, housing outside of outside of washington dc for example you're seeing a 2-1 at half a million dollars that's that's insane makes oh no sense goodness. yeah it's like you know if you look at median income over 50 years versus median housing prices over 50 years we're talking about a difference and a gap that is astounding thousands of percent of gap which is you know obviously a problem i mean i you know clearly wages can't track that uh, value because you know then then everything else would go it would be more expensive based on supply side economics anyways but in that threshold I think that we've seen a lot of issues I'm not I'm not exactly sure how you keep the Fed fund ra funds rate from nuking the economy every time it goes up half a basis point but I mean yeah I mean they're already talking about it. it's going up it's going up at least two to five more bips over the next six months like yeah. that's going to happen and yeah. You know, you, you know, luckily I bought my house, you know, before all this, before all these increases happened, but, or increases happened. But I mean, if I wanted to try to buy this exact same house now, it'd be my, my payment would be a $1,500 more, maybe $2,000 more. Oh, dude, which I, is, bought, I bought my new house in March of last year, 2.7%, brother. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty sweet. Right, that's the pretty right, sweet. the exact right time, I'd say. Yeah. So listeners, what Brady is saying is that he has a dope credit score. That's what he's trying to flex <laughs> right now, which is that's pretty cool there. <laughs> I don't know how, but I do. I don't know how I have a good credit score, but I do. I do. I'm kind of surprised you have a credit score. I, I could see you walking around just paying for everything in cash and being like, hey, man, uh, do you do you accept gold? <laughs> I think that's what most people assume libertarians live their lives like. Oh, absolutely. I, you you guys just like fleck off a little gold from like your your safe beneath your garage. <laughs> I, I mean, I could totally I could totally see. I don't know if you've seen John Wick, but I could totally see you like moving out like a vintage car from your garage and taking a sledgehammer to your like concrete <laughs> garage floor to be like, all right, sweetie, we've run a little low on gold. I got to get <laughs> our, our like backup and 
you know, you're kind of moving aside like your your AR-15s that you've just stockpiled down there. It's like, God, I too many boxes of nine millimeter ammo. Let me move that. Aside. Oh, there's my gold bars. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, at this point, ammo is basically the same as I mean, we're going to have to start bartering with ammo. It's as expensive as gold bars to begin with. So it's like, my goodness. Please, please, listener, please, listener, also please note that Brady did not deny any of that that I just said. No, I didn't. Hey, hey. a friend wouldn't ask and a gentleman wouldn't tell. I mean, I don't know. It's, who knows? Up to interpretation. Well, dude, I, I shoot a lot of 450 Bushmaster. You shoot some 6.5 Creedmoor. I mean, tell me those two calibers aren't equally valuable to gold bars. Oh, man, I, I'll tell it's you. Bad, so man. <laughs> I finally, so there's a guy down the street that sells 6.5 Creedmoor and it, it took it took a long time to come in. Number one, number two, he called me and was like, "Hey, we got some." I showed up that day, bought ten boxes, which was the maximum. There was like nine other people in the store, four of them in line with me buying the other ones, and it was gone while I was standing in the store. They put up a sign being like, "We're out of six five. Like, it, I mean, it's just not, you know. So that so that's the funny thing, right? Like, I want to go shoot the the uh, the Ruger, but I'm like, do I mean? You set up shop and you, you know, you, you put the all, you know, get the scope all dialed in. You, you, you tee it up and you're like, two dollars, two dollars, two dollars. Every time you pull the trigger, you know what I mean? It's terrible. So, yeah, but it's, I, hey man, I love that gun. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, I had a, I had a liberal friend of mine. I, I sent her a picture of it and she was like, why would, why would a civilian ever need that gun? I was like, ah. But uh, buckle but yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, it's like I'm not. I'm not gonna send you my, you know, a picture of my AR. Like I, I don't wanna. I don't wanna send you that. I basically but, just zero in my rifles every year, and that's it. Like oh, I, yeah. I'll take I take handguns to the range, but it's like everything else, man. My AR, my 450. Like I, I just zero in my rifles, make sure my scope's legit before hunting seasons, and then just it just sits by my nightstand i just don't even like i can't I, I can't remember the last time i like went to the range with just a bunch of ammo to have some fun like those days are just over like that's just not yeah, like, yeah, like there's yeah, no like i'm days. gonna go pop off 100 i mean it's like yeah man it's 450 it's like 225 around <laughs> you know same with 65 it's like oh it just hurts your soul pulling the trigger man unless there's like a deer in front of you and then you're and then it's still cost effective behavior yeah, I mean the only thing that's the only thing that's kind of weird down here is like there there are a little bit of there's a little bit of like people that are t- too into it, you know what I mean? Like the guys that like didn't serve in the military but they like wear camo to the range and stuff. Oh no. I don't I don't love that. That no. that always that always kind of weirds me out a little bit. Like no offense to anyone listening that they you do that, but it's just not my thing. I don't really love that look. It's just you know, like if you served and you're like, hey, like this is my kind of way, you know, there's there is like some therapy and PTSD stuff that, you you know, you're working through. If you're like doing that stuff, that's that's great. It's healthy, whatever. But, you know, you, you know, what I'm talking about like the people that kind of are like pseudo militant about it. And they, yeah, that kind that's of weird. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a little weird. I, I don't get it. I mean, like I'm not wearing camo unless I'm hiding from an animal that is trying to see me that I'm trying to kill. Like that's kind of, you know, I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, man. You're not in the woods, bro. Like you're indoors. Like what? Like, you're any. You're not blending in with anything. I don't. I don't get it. The last time I, the last time I wore a camo, true. This is a true story. Is when I had a uh, Atlanta Braves jersey that they were doing like one of those Memorial Day special edition things, and I was like 12 years old. Put it on, and my dad took his paintballing, and he gave us like the, 
the very basic like spy remember those like spider paintball guns that were just oh, like yeah, yeah. Dink, dink and they held like 20 paintballs i mean and they were like 50 bucks each that's why I and mean, that's why we got it because we you know he just like was low-key whatever and we're you know, we would show up and it was just me and my little brother trevor it's like three years younger than me and we, you know we just showed up we're just like hey we're gonna play some paintball and i remember the other side was like all these dudes that had just <laughs> oh, come back no. from like afghanistan and they had like these long range like paintball sniper rifle looking things and they were all decked out in camo and we were on we were all on the team with all the noobs dude i'm not oh, kidding no. they were just taking out all of their aggression from like the <laughs> war in afghanistan against like me and my like well you know my like nine-year-old brother that was the, that was the longest day in camo and i think like part of me is like that's like in the back of my brain that i'm like can't wear camo man <laughs> <laughs> just get your asses kicked yes yeah, oh, oh, totally handed to i was just like just set that spider down i was like i don't Hey, Dad, I don't, I don't want to touch this again. <laughs> I'm not having fun anymore, Dad. <laughs> Let's go home. Oh man. Uh, All right. Well, it's, it's two. It's two clicks, but you gotta you gotta account for like the spin off the paintball, and you're looking at this guy like, what the? Yeah. You know? <laughs> has, has grease under his eyes, you know. Cut down on the, you're like, oh, dude, this is not. I'm not. This I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Ty, my so. brother, thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, keep in touch with you, follow you online, all that good stuff? Yeah, I might, I might start tweeting again. We'll see. You, you know, Tyler Grant. Tyler, you're on, you're Tyler on Instagram, Grant. right? You post on Instagram. I, I, I post on Instagram. That, that's that's stories. That's more so like close close friends. Uh, make sure that they know that I'm still alive. You know, play playing rounds of golf every once in a while, that kind of thing. I've noticed but, it's mostly uh, airplane related. Your, uh, Mostly your airplane Instagram related, post. and I've gotten I've gotten really into gardening lately. Now that I've got like my backyard, how I want it, so been growing some. Uh, dude, I'll have to send you some of my uh, when they when they they blossom. I'll send you some uh, Carolina Reapers, bro. Oh, dude, I uh, what all you growing? We uh, we're doing we we planted a whole bunch, man. I've got all kinds of greens: collard greens, kale, lettuce. I've got jalapenos, habaneros uh zucchini squash potatoes um green beans broccoli cauliflower and then a whole bunch of like herbs and spices too so we're, we well, went we went pretty hard this year what do you got going i've got i've got tomatoes we did some tomatoes a couple different types we've got zucchinis that i've got going um love that man those those flowers are beautiful too um so we've, we've been doing that i've got carolina reapers i've got some bell peppers you know, we've got just the standard like spice stuff. You know, you got rosemary. Uh, we've got some uh, um, jalapenos. We've got some thyme. Um, yeah, that's oh, and, you know, yeah, parsley and and uh, uh, mint. So nice. for nice. for drinks, to be honest. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh, dude, it's it, there's something about it, man. It's just like really therapeutic. I don't know. I I'm, I mean, I'm sure like you feel the same way. Like you just see your fruit you know you start from the ground seedling grows up you see the blossom then you start seeing a fruit come in like and then you actually can like pick it or you know prune it when you're ready to go i mean that there's just something about that that's just like it's just kind of beautiful like it's just life like happening in like a really like closed environment that you can really like see and possess in a single season i don't know yeah man i i love it is therapeutic and uh it's just weird man i've uh like in a very short period of time become completely obsessed with obtaining my own food myself like i was always a life i'm a lifelong fisherman i fish all all year all the time and have since i was a kid 
Um, but I never started hunting until like two years ago. Now I'm obsessed with hunting. I hunt everything, every season available in Ohio. I'm out hunting. And then now I'm growing vegetables and all this other stuff. And me and my wife were talking the other day. She's like, thinking about getting some chickens. What do you think? I'm like, it's not a bad idea. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm listening. You know? <laughs> so it's like in a matter of two years, we just like, I completely changed my like views on food. Oh man, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, like the moment that I get a bigger piece of property, um, or really like a second piece of property that's, you know, that I can kind of build out sort of more of a farm situation. I, we will have chickens, we will have goats and, you know, we actually, you might, uh, maybe you do this already. I don't know, but dude, you might actually really find this. If you got the space, you might find this really cool. Did a, um, like a bee thing, like a, like a, a bee experience where you put on the, the whole uh, hood and all that kind of stuff. And you go, you know, you go and work with bees, dude, doesn't require any real work other than going and checking on them at the beginning of the season at the end of the season. And you get fresh honey and man, there was something about that. That was really cool too. Like you just check on it, pull out like, uh, the hive, you know, the honeycomb and stuff and check on it and stuff. That was, that was pretty cool. I think you'd actually really enjoy that too. Man, now I'm going to have to get bees, huh? Hey man, I, I mean, <laughs> no, but I mean, nothing, nothing would be hotter than if you made that. And then, you know, you, you do that kind of like bourbon honey kind of situation where you kind of mix it in and make kind of like your own little like bourbon honey situation. That would be, that'd be pretty cool. We can, you can send me some of that. I'll send you some of my, uh, I'm thinking about making like Carolina Reaper hot sauce. It's going to be, oh, dude. you know? Yeah. But the only thing is the, the only downside to bees and my, a buddy of mine, who's actually like a famous rock star, but he uh, lives in Nashville. And uh, he has a, a ton of bees. He's been a beekeeper forever and just in his backyard in, like, the suburbs. And he's like, the thing that sucks is that you have to mow your lawn in a beekeeper suit in August. <laughs> and it's like, that sounds that sounds awful. You know what I mean? It's 105 right. degrees. You're sweating your balls off in a beekeeper suit mowing your lawn. And it's like, that, that does sound terrible. I, yeah. I, it's got to be worth it though you know what i mean it's worth it but it's like that does sound very uncomfortable yeah yeah, yeah. well i mean well, see that the counterpoint counterpoint is that if you have the bees and goats then you don't have to mow your lawn <laughs> that's but now i gotta get goats now i gotta get a fence i have a half acre but it's, there's no fence so i'd have to that's a lot of that's a lot of fence from to get fair. goats that's fair that's fair well i mean you guys gotta start you know start popping out some kids and have them have them build a fence, paint the fence. That's you know that's, exactly. you need that free labor. <laughs> that's why you have kids, right? <laughs> some would say <laughs> just devolving into how people lived in the 1800s for some reason. This, yep. this is like what was it like the trad the trad life kind of debate? You know, that's 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 kind of where we're going real yeah. quick. <laughs> hey man, Home no pain, no pain, no pain, no gain. Oh, man. All right. I'll let you go, my brother. Let's do this again soon. Uh, everybody follow Ty on uh, – well, you can follow him on Twitter. He doesn't really tweet at all, but follow him on Instagram. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Oh, oh, oh.